It's Window Nation's semi-annual sale, and it's a big deal. Right now, get 50% off all windows along with no interest for five years plus bonus savings when you schedule a consult today. If your windows leak, get foggy or hot, or you're paying high utility bills, that's a big deal. With Window Nation's semi-annual sale, you can replace your windows and save a big deal, too. Schedule a no-obligation in-home estimate now. Call 866-90NATION or visit windownation.com. You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. This is is the Go Birds Podcast. The Go Birds podcast presented by Parks Sportsbook and Casino. James Seltzer, Elliot Shore Parks coming your way. We're going to dive into some Eagles talk, but but first remember you can rate and review the podcast. Elliot and I have agreed to take yes. the SATs and post our scores online if we get to 2,000 five-star reviews. So the quicker we get there, the quicker you get to make fun of us. Am I right, Elliot? Well, I don't know if you'll make fun of me. I mean, I think, um, you know, I'm a, obviously everyone that knows me and follows me on Twitter knows I'm the definition of an intellectual. So I feel very good. <laughs> oh, good, good. And good. my vocabulary is off the charts. So I'm not sure if vocabulary is part of the SATs, but leave a five-star review oh, yeah, and we'll, we'll all find to, out, I guess. We're off to a great start with this. I don't even yeah. really know what's on it, but yeah, we should be fine. Yeah, exactly. It'll be good. Um, so also, uh, look, let's not lie to ourselves. It's been a bit of a bit of a few negative days here no, in Philadelphia, right? Especially. No, it's been it's been delightful loving sports delightful. in Philadelphia. It's just a good time, if, Elliot. If anybody needs a reason to think the season is going to turn around, I have some news for you, James. I don't know if you know this yet, Ooh. but I need your live reaction Ooh. on if this makes you feel better or worse about oh, the God. Eagles turning things around. Oh, God. Ready? Yes. Doug Peterson today is wearing a face shield at practice instead of a mask. Um, neither. I I guess, I guess, I guess slightly worse. That's kind of where I fall. Yeah. Slightly worse. It seems like something I would like, but I don't know. Switching it up. I don't really like. So anyway, I, that just felt like that was some breaking news. Look, it's an important thing. It's an important one. Ellie, we're going to grab onto any lifeline we can these days. If it's a visor or a a face shield or whatever, I'll take what I can get, Elliot. I'm just, sadly, this is not as inspiring as I hoped it would be. Yeah, I don't know if this qualifies as, like, uh, an emergency pod status, but I do think the face shield, <laughs> as 
as someone that tracks what color armband Carson Wentz wears each game, I think that, uh, you know, I think this qualifies as breaking well, news. Well, so, Elliot, Dougie Elliot, P going with the face shield. Well, more importantly, speaking of Dougie P, let me ask you a very important question. Have you ever played quarterback in the NFL, Elliot? <laughs> you know, I was thinking it'd be funny. Oh, come on, man. I know. I know. I mean, look, here, here's the thing. So for those who uh, know, real quick, Jimmy Kemsky today asked Doug a very fair question about Carson Wentz and missing open throws and some of the throws being layups. And Doug goes, uh, have you played quarterback in the NFL? None of them are yeah. layups. Like, and just got a little, little snippy where, where it probably was not necessary. Well, to be fair, none of them were layups for Doug, you know? That's true. Amazing. Yeah, not a single throw Doug made in the NFL was a layup. That's fair. I, I wonder what Doug would have said if Jimmy went, yeah, I did. <laughs> I know. I know Jimmy was like, actually, yeah, all pro. Yeah, I, I did. I don't want to talk about it, but I did. So do your homework on me. No, look, I, here's the thing with Doug, I would say. Um, I think over the last few pressers, over I would say the last week, you know, you can really read Doug's emotion when he starts. Doug is like having fun with these things. The two times he's kind of pushed back in these instances, there was the one where he pushed back with Bo Wolf of the Athletic and now pushing back at Jimmy. Like, I think he's just having a good time. When he said the one word answer to me, when he kind of, you know, then answered Brandon Lee Gatwin the way he did. To me, Doug is like trying to have a good time with these. I don't really think you can read too much into it. Ooh. The only thing I would take is he's trying not to rip his players. And like, it's really hard to do because they're all playing bad. Yeah, look, I it's very funny because I have a very different interpretation of it. I think Doug's getting tired of it. I think he's getting annoyed with the questions. I think he's getting annoyed for, like you said, having to stand up for certain players and all that. And look, I think that... What we saw with that specific answer today was after Monday, Doug comes out and is willing to criticize Carson a little bit, calling uh, you know a throw unacceptable and a decision unacceptable. Yeah. Like Doug is, that's not Doug's style. You know, Doug is very you know of the Andy school, protect your players, all that type of stuff. And I thought he was critical of Carson and should be. We all know, you yeah. know, deservedly critical. And I thought today it was back to Doug being more Doug-like and trying to defend Carson in that spot. But on the whole, I've really gotten the impressions that I haven't thought it was fun at all for Doug Peterson. I think he's getting legitimately annoyed at some of these questions and having to try and figure out ways to answer them when he wants to just say, hey, Carson sucked on Sunday, okay? He sucked. What do you want me to say? Like, I think that's what he's thinking, at least. Whether he's right or not, I think that's what he's thinking. Well, and I agree. Maybe fun wasn't the right word. What I'm saying is <laughs> he's running he's running out of ways to answer these questions without ripping Carson. You know, like, so the, the question was basically, why is Carson missing these easy throws? And the answer is obviously, like, no I don't know, throws, man. He has man. to start making There's them. There's no easy throws. You didn't know that? Yeah, None of them like, are easy. They're very, they're very easy throws. He should be making these throws is the answer. But, of course, he's going to try to defend Carson. And I think that repeatedly you've seen this with Doug in press in kind of press press conferences, like his answer about why they weren't moving Jason Peters to left tackle. Like we all knew why he wasn't, but he's defending Jason. So Doug is willing to like take the bullet at to, the podium. to look like a fool at times to defend yeah. his players. Yes. And then today he also made a joke about how uh, how Carson and Press Taylor are both smarter than him, and just nobody laughed, and it just like. He kept going. It was very awkward. So oh, it's man. been an interesting few press conferences for from Doug Peterson, to say the least. Yeah, it really has. And like you said, I mean, really, since the the Jason Peters stuff, Doug's press conferences have had at least one or two moments where, you know, even his interview with Angelo the other day, I mean, the question about the throw to yeah. JJ, where there's the, the long, gaping pause, and then Doug goes, it's a good question. 
Good question. Yeah. Like, you knew he wanted to say something else there. So, um, I, look, I get what you're saying. I do think that Doug is, is starting to get frustrated with these and starting to try and find ways to do it. But ultimately, the end result, a lot of times when he tries to do these, you know, gymnastics and whatever, is Doug ends up looking like a fool. And it makes him look bad. It does. It does. Yeah, I, I agree it does. I just don't know if Doug cares so much. And But one of the advice I would give to Doug is it might be time to start caring because if this season's going where a lot of people kind of think, and at this point I don't think anybody thinks they're like a 10-win team, right? I mean, I think the best you're looking at is eight or nine wins, like best-case scenario. It's going to be time to like defend. Like Everyone's going to have to defend themselves. And Doug looking – I don't think he looks like a fool, but Doug like taking bullets for – people that don't deserve it at this point. I, I just don't know if that's Doug's in Doug's best long-term interest. Like he can get up there and, you know, not rip the personnel, not rip Carson, but like the guy that picks the personnel and Carson are also going to be in the discussion at the end of the year as whose fault it is. And I think it's time for Doug to like start getting his case out there a little bit more. Like, I don't know how you would say it, but you know, you know, so, something like we had a play ran up, Car Carson didn't go the way we, we wanted to. He made the best decision we could like just something to let people know that, this is like it's not his fault. Hey, I don't if Carson had maybe made another decision, it could have worked out, but he didn't. And you know, that's right? Something like that. <laughs> Something Look, like here's what I'll tell you: the one thing, and we'll move on from Doug Pressers, and I want to get to you know the zero and two start and who's to blame. And I have a very interesting question I want to ask you that I just thought of when you were talking about what we could theoretically expect as a best case scenario for this team. But but with the Doug press conference, I want to stay with that for one second because there is one thing that he keeps going back to in these press conferences that I think you can really rip Doug for. And, uh, you know, again, a lot of these, like we're talking about, are spots where, you know, like, you can rip Doug, but we all know that he's he's trying to do something there by def defending his players or deflecting or whatever. But if Doug Peterson, one more time, Elliot, talks about a lack of practice time, lack of training camp, not enough reps, when every other team in the NFL including teams that do not have the same head coach and same quarterback coming back who are not experiencing these issues, had the exact same amount of time, the exact same amount of reps. Doug, stop saying that. Okay, so I first of all, I appreciate the passion. With I that, mean, it's ridiculous. But... He keeps using it as an excuse like the Eagles are the only team that had to deal with this. Everyone did. So I don't believe that Doug believes that. Ooh, That's just the only route okay. I can take. I, 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 I hope you're right, man. I hope you're right. It's a good I take. I don't believe – yeah, I don't believe Doug believes that. I think it's another example of him trying to think of an excuse to defend his players. It's a bad one. He needs to think of a better <laughs> yeah, it's excuse. A, it's a right? very – it's like a, a flat – because of course it's true. We all know that you needed more reps and all that, but when there are 29 other teams or whatever it is doing the same thing, I mean, you can't – 32 teams, excuse me, when there are 31 other teams, you know, you can't say that. Well, it's also especially bad to pull out after week two. You know, I mean, like this is this is an excuse you would think you would hear like next year at OTAs when you ask like, hey, why did J.J. Arcega Whiteside suck again? Well, you know, he didn't have a full <laughs> offseason, right? Like like that's a type of excuse. you. That's when you expect to hear it. For Doug to pull it out now. It's just it's not a good look, and it goes back to what we were saying about Doug needing to kind of defend himself better at the podium. But I just – I choose to believe that Doug knows that's not the truth. Like when Doug is by himself, like, you know, talking <laughs> to his wife or with his other coaches, like I choose to believe he knows that's, a, that's not a valid excuse. Oh, God, I hope you're right. All right, Elliot, uh, I want to get to the 0-2 start and, and parse some blame out. But quickly, one other thing from Doug's presser, just actual news – 
We found mm-hmm. out that the Isaac Samala situation, not as hopeful as we first thought. What did Doug have to say about Isaac Samala when, when we might see him again? So Samalu was placed on IR, which this year is only three weeks. So a player going on, on IR doesn't necessarily mean they're gone half the season. But Doug did talk and say that this looks like he's going to be gone for the foreseeable future. Sounds like he's going to be... I would say five weeks, maybe six. I mean, this seems like it's going to be a longer-term injury. Um, the Eagles at practice on Wednesday actually moved Nate Herbig to left guard and put Matt Pryor in at right guard, which is just another like confusing move as they've tr- as they've seemed to make this offensive it's line like, situation why? like as complicated as it. I've I've no idea. I mean, Matt Pryor was practicing at right guard all all off season, obviously, right? Until, uh, and, until and Peters look, got it looked there. And like, and, uh, Shiel Kabadia was on the, the midday show today and he said he thought Nate Herbig was awesome against the Rams. Yeah. Like had a great game. Like, why do you move that guy? Well, and, and Lane said he, he liked playing next to him and okay, offensive line continuity him. is makes what sense. you're looking for. And it, so that, I don't think that makes any sense to do it. The fact they're doing it on a Wednesday and it was the first thing Doug brought up when asked about it uh, in his press conference shows that that's probably the path they're going. But the other reason I don't think it makes any sense is you passed over Matt Pryor like six times in week one when you had a chance (laughs) to put him up there. Now all of a sudden he's going to start like, so that just is another confusing move. So the offensive line look overall against the Rams. And now that I've had a chance to rewatch, you know, the game. uh, Yeah. They played awesome. Like they, they played really well. The offensive line was no excuse for the struggles of the offense on on Sunday. So I don't know why you would move her big over when, you think, I mean, unless maybe you feel he's just going to be your long-term starter there, or, but or Sayamalu I think the, is I one think of the, only two players, yeah. Yeah, I think the other would, thing is that they must feel much more comfortable with Pryor playing on that side. Like, that. It, it, I, my guess is this is more about Pryor sucking and them feeling uncomfortable with him on that side. Maybe it's because they trust Lane more, maybe it, than Peters. I mean, who knows maybe. what it is, but it, my, the only thing that makes any logical sense to me is that they don't feel comfortable for some reason with Pryor at left guard, they feel more comfortable with him. At right guard, and Herbig is better, so they're like, "All right, Nate, you could do this for us." Is my only guess. Yeah, I mean, I I agree that that's probably the reasoning, and I'm I would guess you're going to agree with what I I'm about to say, but I just don't like the idea of weakening at two spots instead of one. Like if Herbig agree. is already playing really well at uh, at right guard, just keep him at right guard, and then you know, I mean, it is what it is. If Pryor plays well, he plays well. If he doesn't, he doesn't. But like. I just don't like the decision. But well, and again, the other, to, to that um, point real quick, to Elliot, the idea that, that when Samalo comes back, we are assuming, you know, it's a long-term injury, so to speak, but he, we are assuming he'll be back this year. He's going to slide back into left guard, so then you're just moving Herbig back yes. again, right? I mean, it's it just yeah. doesn't make a ton of sense. Well, yeah, I agree. That That is another part of this. The The other bit of news from uh, practice on Wednesday, no Deshaun Jackson, no Fletcher Cox <laughs> practicing. So looks like they're getting the, the, vet, the, the, cool. the day off. Cool. Yeah. Yeah. What is Fletcher? Yeah. It's not like Fletcher Cox needs practice. He's been playing great, right? I mean. It, well, so I think Fletcher might be hurt. I mean, his, his back seemed to be bothering him. He did not look Sunday. the same, man. He didn't. It's a, it, it would no, make no, sense. No, I'm, I'm saying like he had his back wrapped during no, the game No, I on know. Sunday. I'm saying like he didn't. Right. Uh, like after that injury, when he came back into the game, he was like, he yeah. wasn't even on the field, it felt like. So I'm saying I believe that. That makes sense that there could be something wrong. Right. And then so, but with Deshaun, like. I don't know, man. This is just like Wednesday's the most important day of practice of the week. Like, I just don't get why he's not out there. And then the the game against the Rams, you know, Deshaun was basically 
a non-factor for the first half. And Doug said, well, <laughs> we had some plays designed for him, but the ball didn't go his way, essentially. Well, maybe that's because he wasn't at practice when you yeah. guys were practicing these great plays. Point. You know, like, why is he like maybe that implies. Why is Deshaun Jackson here? I mean, why? You're right. You've said this forever, Elliot, and you were dead on. Like, What's the point of even having well, this guy here at this point? I mean, look, if they go to 0-3 or like 1-4 or something like that, yeah, I would I would trade him. I mean, you you do save cap space by trading him. I think you save almost $4 million. And look, he can go to a team and theoretically help. Like if you're the, if you're the New England Patriots, right? I think Deshaun makes sense as somebody to bring there. Like honestly, the San Francisco 49ers, they could use him. Uh, so I think Deshaun would have trade value. You know, we'll see what happens against the Bengals, the Niners, and the and the uh, Steelers. Like, I think that'll really impact what this team does at the trade deadline. But Deshaun is at the top of my list of guys that I think makes a lot of sense to trade if this season continues to fall. I would do it. I would do it either way. But I think there's a more likely chance they do it if this season continues to go how it's going. Yeah. Look, and again, I think that, and this, this is the question I want to ask you before, and then we'll we'll parse some lame out. But the, but it's an interesting segue there because, like you just talked about, the idea of could they become sellers and all that. You mentioned before that, you know, at best we can hope for nine or ten wins in reality or whatever, and I think that is a very fair statement. If you could redo your eight and eight pick right now, Elliot picked them to go eight and eight this season, I picked nine and seven. What would your pick now be after two weeks and obviously oh and two factors in, but watching this team and what you expect, whether to rally or not, if you could redo your pick for a season prediction right now, what would it be? Hmm. It's a good question. So as you said, I had him at eight and eight. Um I think this team is worse than what I thought, but I don't think they're as bad as they've looked. I And we'll talk about this when we talk about the matchup with the Bengals, but I just don't believe they're an 0-3 team. Like, I, I, don't, I don't think this is a 3-13, 4-12 type of season. So I would probably still stick with 8-8, eight and eight, but I, I would be much closer to, like, 7 wins. I don't think there's any chance they win 9 games. I'll, I'll say that. Like, so, I, I'm yeah, I, I'm 9-7. It's funnier because I'm at, like, 7-9 and nine now. Like, if you ask me to redo it, I'd say 7-9. You know, and, right. and, and, and more likely six than nine, you know, like for sure. So it is Ooh, interesting. Here, here's a bit of breaking news, actually. Ooh. This is legit news. Ooh. So we got an injury update. Um, Jalen Reger, UCL tear in his thumb, similar time, s- similar to what Drew Brees had last year. So, I mean, I don't, he's not practicing. So I would assume he, <laughs> I don't know enough. Not like a, re- a receiver needs their hands, hands Elliot, right? I mean, come on. Right. So, I mean, I would think this means he doesn't play on Sunday. Oh, right? I don't yeah. See how. I, would, I would think, and I know this kid has been super tough, and I've been very impressed with his toughness so far. But, I mean, that's a month, I would think, or maybe at least a couple weeks, right? I mean, how do you catch? Well, the difference is with Drew Brees, he had to, to grip, grip the ball. The ball. And obviously, Rager, Rager has to grip it in a different way. But, like, I would think he's at least out this week. No matter, so well, no matter what. I would. I mean, look, he's really tough, and who knows? But I would, I would think, like, is it surgery? Did they say anything about whether surgery is needed? Uh, I don't know. I'm still trying to get that yeah, information. My guess but, is certainly if it is surgery, I, I, he'll definitely be out for the week. Well, I, I would also say, like, don't rush him back. No. Like, you're already 0-2. He's yes. a rookie. Like, don't mess his hand up for, like, the long run, yes. right? So Elliot, I would yes. take, a, take the time. Oh, God. Um, this season, it, this so. is just a season of nightmares. This is what it's feeling like. Honestly, in reality, like it really feels, and I don't, I agree with you. I don't think they're a three and 13 team talent wise. There are enough guys here who've had enough success in the NFL on the coaching staff and on the team where you just find it hard to believe that it could crater that bad. But man, does it feel like it's cratering that bad, Elliot? It does. It really does. It just Um, does. A lot of times we talk about this in all sports, but a lot of times, particularly in football, heading into a season, you know, 
there's that team where it just seems like everything's going wrong and and then it all spirals and and everything does go wrong it like it could be the eagles this year like they're if i'm not saying it will be but it, it's feeling like that is on the table yeah yeah it does i just don't believe they're they're 4 and 12 like i, don't I just either. i don't, I don't see either. that happening now that being said the schedule is very difficult you yeah. know what i mean like so yeah. i was sitting down to uh Right, and I'll just let the cat out of the bag now. I think they're going to beat beat the Bengals. Like that's my prediction. Yeah. So I was sitting down to kind of write why I thought that, and I'm not going to lie, it was hard to come up with reasons. Like, like it was like, like it's one thing to say I think you, they'll beat Cincinnati, and but then to actually say why I think is is different. And if it's that tough to think of reasons they'll beat Cincinnati, like they have San Francisco, Pittsburgh, which which Baltimore. San Francisco yeah. is the one on that list where it could. You know, with all their injuries, I mean, you might not yes. grapple over that game, all that, who knows, but keep going. Yeah, I just think, like, I don't think they'll be 4-12, and 12, but I, I do think, like, the schedule does The schedule does not lend itself to rebounding. Like, last year, and really two years ago, the Eagles were able to rebound because of the schedule at the end, right? They got the Texans at home in 2018, which was big. Uh, last year, they had, you know, three of the worst teams in football at the end of their schedule. Right. So, but you don't have that this year. So that is going to make it far more difficult. Um, and then just, again, these injuries like Fletcher Cox, I guess he has an oblique, oblique injury. He's day to day. So maybe he doesn't play on Sunday. Elliot. Deshaun's a planned day off. Just like an onslaught of sadness right now. Yeah. No reason for Deshaun to be pushing it right now, no. you know? Let's, yeah, let's just why let's, let's take it let's take it easy. Yeah. Who needs um, it? You know, it's fine. We don't we don't need receivers. Yeah. We're stocked there. Ru- Rudy Ford week to week with a groin injury. Sure. So sure. The, the standout special team star that Doug mentioned first when talked about when talking oh. about uh yeah. So that's not good. All right. Yeah, I didn't know this coming into the pod. Yeah. So this is some live reaction to the Eagles season <laughs> falling apart. Got it. James falling Elliott. apart, Elliot. All right, well, speaking yeah. of falling apart, I think that's a perfect segue to talk about why it's falling apart, why they're 0-2, and this has kind of been the theme of the week, and we'll get to the Bengals game in just a few minutes, but quickly, we talked about it a bit after the game on Sunday, but really reacting to the game, but now that we've had a few days to think about it, Elliot, and I think, obviously, there are three primary names that are getting tossed around, and rightfully so. When a, when a team struggles, yes, there are a lot of factors, but ultimately, success in the NFL on a very basic level generally come down to your general manager, your head coach, and your quarterback. Those are the the trifecta of most important people on a team and in an organization, other than your owner, of course, who's not going anywhere ever, and and we both agree Lori's a good owner. How do you parse this blame out? When you look at these three, and obviously they're all culpable, like we're not having an either-or discussion, but who's most to blame? How much does the blame kind of shift around? How do you look at these three guys right now, and who deserves kind of the the blame for, for where we're at? I kind of want you to go first because I know your answer. I'm happy to go first, Elliot. Yeah, and I know I, 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 one thing I do I do know about you. I can tell when you have something ready to go, and I, I know you've been holding this one because you I'm tweeted always, it and you never yes, tweet. So I never tweet. I, I tweeted it. And look, again, like I said, I I have been, and Elliot, you'll agree, Like I'm, I've been more critical of Carson after these two games than I ever am, right? I mean, I'm a Carson believer, a defender, yes. all that stuff. Like, I love the dude. I, I've believed in his talent, but... You can't watch these two games, watch him miss these throws, watch him look so uncomfortable, all this stuff, and not be concerned, not start to ask questions. Same thing with Doug Peterson. I've been critical of Doug after both of these games, and I love Doug. He's my favorite of the three. We've always said that. You know, I've, I've always believed in Doug the most of the three, and then Carson, 
And then it comes back to Howie. And and yes, he was the one going in who I felt the worst about. But for anyone to say that anyone other than the man who built this roster, the man who had put together a roster of old dudes who aren't that great to begin with, who hasn't drafted talented players on a consistent basis for his entire tenure, where we have no young talent, there's no depth on this team, this roster is poorly put together, and we're seeing the results of it on Sundays. In my mind, there is no question that Howie Roseman is the man who deserves the most blame for this 0-2 start, and ultimately, I think he'll be the last of the three to be gone someday, sadly. But mm. I think he should be out the door before the other two in a second, as far as I'm concerned. So to me, it's very clearly Carson Wentz. And I, I know that no. everyone listening is going, right. No! Right. No one would have... Here's oh why. My God, hold on, hold on. Let's give the audience a, a second, because they're so shocked by this answer right now. They need a second to breathe. Okay, we're good. Go ahead. Well, they actually, I guess maybe, you know, well, I'm not going to go down that, that path of asking for an apology of being correct. No, you better years, not. But, it's not over yet. Yeah, all but, right. I'm not, I'm not but, done with Carson Wentz. But here's why I would say it's Carson, because for Doug to look good and really for Howie to look good, Carson has to play well. Like, I understand that they all rely on each other, right? Like Howie picks the players to help Carson. Doug picks the plays, like all those things. Doug coaches Carson to be better in theory. But Carson right now is playing at such a poor level that I don't even know if you can like adequately assess the other two. Like on the defensive side of the ball, that's one thing because Carson's not involved in that. But I don't know if you can say whether Doug's doing a good job or not play calling because Carson's playing so poorly. Like when we did the Rams postgame pod, I said I thought Doug had a lot of blame in that because of just how they played overall, the lifelessness, all those things. But the if the Eagles were getting even during Washington, if they got you know, even competent play in the second half from Carson, they probably win that game against the Rams. They were going to have to be better, right? They, the Rams scored a lot of points. I think Carson played a role in helping the Rams scored some of those points, but regardless, if Carson was even a B quarterback, I think there's a decent chance the Eagles are two and zero, and they're at least one at one. I don't know if you can say that about like personnel moves that have like killed them in the first two weeks or like Doug being so bad that they, they're, they're, you know, that that's why they're losing. Like Carson's been so bad that you can't really assess the other two. And I think when Carson starts to play better, and, and I believe he will, that I think the the moves, the other people, the, the moves Howie made and the decisions Doug is making with coaching will start to look better as well. I think that is true of, of Doug. I think that, that if Carson plays better, there are certain things where maybe we won't kill his Doug as much. I will still stand by my criticism of Doug in the sense that I do think it's still a little too vanilla, still a little stale. I know there are certain plays out there being made but I need more creativity. You brought Scangarello in. You brought Morningwing in. Shio Kapadia, going back to you know one of the smartest football minds out there, said that he has seen nothing, nothing new, nothing different in this offense through two weeks. Like, nothing. He's like, I don't know what Scango and Morningwing have been doing. Like, I don't know why they're there. Like, I've seen nothing new. It's the exact same thing. Like, that's a problem for me. I don't think that Doug is, is blameless here. I think that Doug certainly, and like you said, too, you're, you're, the thing you're criticizing Doug for is, is also part of it. The lifelessness that they showed up with mm-hmm. in that game is a disaster, in, considering the importance, considering all that. But I still yeah, think but- that that Doug deserves criticism, but I agree with you. I think less than Carson at the moment. I think that Carson... But I also think that part of the thing with Carson, too, that, that's frustrating is that a lot of the mistakes he's making and making them years in, like, 
you can I, I you can contribute some of that to coaching. I mean, how else do you explain that when John DeFilippo's here and treats Carson the way he did and coaches him hard and all that, that Carson has the best year of his career? Like, you don't think that has anything to do with it? I think it does. I think it's part of it. His mechanics were better in 2017. He made better decisions in 2017. I think that they're not coaching him hard enough. I think that having Press Taylor there, someone he's buddy-buddy with or whatever, is the wrong decision. And I'm not blaming Doug for that. I'm blaming the organization for that. But I think they need to coach him harder. They need to grill this dude. They need to tell, like, make him understand that the things he's doing are not acceptable and you can't keep playing football this way. But again, ultimately, Carson is five years into his career. He's supposedly a very smart quarterback who processes things quickly, even though we have not seen that as often as I would like to. But on a, on a basic level, you are correct in the sense that Carson has been in this league too long. Too long to be making these mistakes, to be missing on these throws, all that type of stuff. But, so but I, real I quick, that- but, but, both of those things do not excuse the roster that Howie Roseman has put together, the failures he's had in, in building young talent, and the, the future of the franchise that is in a lot more trouble because of Howie Roseman than just right now if they don't start to bring young, talented players here and draft better, period. Yeah, I think that's all fair. I, I also think that, when you're talking about Doug, if you want to talk about blame, I think the point you made about him coaching is is a good one. I think it's, I think it's he deserves more blame for Carson's aggression than he does his actual play calls on Sunday. If that makes sense, like I in the larger fair. scale, I, I think Doug's larger large pitcher problems are more concerning than like the job he's doing on Sunday, and that's why I still have belief in Doug. Like I, I think Doug can still call a good game on Sunday. Now didn't look good last Sunday. No, no getting around that. But I still think he can do that. I still think Doug can, you know, build a locker room that, that's a quality one, even though right now, again, those are issues. So Doug isn't, none of them are doing a good job. But I just think Carson, because of the poor decisions he's making on the field, are making the other two look worse than, and, than you know, I think they, they are at their job. I, and I think, look, I, I get what you're saying. And I do think that in terms of the phrasing of this question, you know, if you want to, I think there is a real argument to be made that Carson Wentz is the biggest reason they're 0-2 right now at this particular second. But I think that if you're asking who's the biggest problem for this franchise now and moving forward, I think Howie Roseman's the answer. So so I can and, um, and again, I, I would still say Howie's the biggest reason for the 0-2 start. I think the roster is the biggest issue with this team. But I'm acknowledging that if we're just talking about the 0-2 start and the two games that Carson has played, you can point to Carson and been like, he's been so bad that yeah, you know what, they could, they might not be 0-2 if it weren't for Carson. But on a macro scale, in my opinion, Howie Roseman is the biggest problem with the Eagles. I, I mean, the only, the only way I'd push back on that is I do have concern about the fact that Carson suffered two injuries and maybe he's just not the same guy, it's whereas possible. Howie obviously— It's possible. But I right. think Howie's where, not the same guy. Howie had one year— Hey, how he had one right. year. He had one year, man. Like, yeah, and we that's we fair. were that's, doing the yeah. oh, is it, it wasn't just a mistake. That might just be his 2017 for Carson Wentz. Like, if that's the thing, and I still believe that Carson can be great and has that in him and and has the ability. Like, we're not. I'm not where you are with Carson yet. But you have to say the same thing about Howie. What else has Howie ever done? He had one great year. Look, I think there's a better chance Carson has another season like 2017 than there is a chance Howie has another off season like 2017. I agree with you. It's a great so, way to put it. So in that way, I, I guess I would say I'm more down on Howie. My only concern is just Howie, like, there's not the physical part with him. I mean, Carson was hurt. Carson has to perform. Mm-hmm. You know, like, sure. it's just tougher for an athlete. So if you said to me, who would you rather have, like, Carson or Howie? 
there's the argument for keeping Howie just because I mean, he could. Do, I mean, Howie's even young for a GM. Like he could do this for a long time. But of the three, there's no question in my mind. If I had to pick one to build my team with, I would. I would pick Doug. Yeah, I think that too. I. I. I'm wavering more. It's between him and Carson for me in the sense that I do. I do believe that there is still a great player in Carson in there because we've seen it. Now, to your point, the injuries might be it. That might be it. That we never see that guy again. But what we saw in the last four games last year, I know against bad opponents, and what. And and the physical and and whatever type of talents attributes Carson has, I do think that there can be a great quarterback made out of that. I just I don't think him and Doug are, are right for each other. You know, I think that's like something mm-hmm. we're learning is him and Doug don't really mesh that well. I think that Doug wants to do one thing, Carson wants to do other the other, and Doug wants Carson to fit into his box and Carson wants to fit into his own box, and I don't think it's working right now. Yeah. I 100% agree with that. I, I will say one thing that stuck out to me about Carson over the last two times we've had a chance to speak to him, and it is different uh, over Zoom than it is in person, but he does have the makeup to rebound from this. Like, I don't think Carson, I agree, and I said on the last pod, he is in a mental mess right now. I think everything that's going on is impacting him. But when, when you hear him talk, especially just honestly compared to other superstars in Philly, I have more confidence in Carson being a superstar than I do probably any other athlete Wow. in Philly right now in terms of wow. those superstar guys just just because like I do think he has talent like and he has flaws in his game and all that but I don't know man there's just such a difference in what Carson has to deal with as a quarterback of the Eagles and there is every other player like Aaron Nola doesn't have a good game in a huge spot and like Great point. people talk about it but it, it's not really that big it's of a nothing deal, close right? like, Aaron, to the quarterback of the Eagles yeah nothing is and close. I think Carson does such a good job handling it that it does make me believe in him more than like from watching him play if that makes sense. No, that makes a lot of sense, and I think that's a really interesting answer. And I do think that's part of being the quarterback of a of a NFL franchise, and certainly in this city, is is you, like obviously you got to be good on the field and you got to win and all that, but like you also have to be good at that other stuff, and that also is it's part critically of, important. It's critically yeah. important, and it adds to how you are in the locker room. Do guys believe in you? You know, how good are you at understanding social dynamics and and all that type of stuff? I think is actually incredibly important. Like I've always said that I think that. 70, 80% of a quarterback's success happens above the shoulders in one form or another. And whether it's on the field processing all that type of stuff or the ability to lead, the ability to get guys to believe in you, to follow you, to to do what you need them to do. And then on top of that, how you represent the franchise. It's a lot. It's a lot to be a professional quarterback in the NFL and to be a leader of a franchise. It's a lot. And that's why I think Carson is struggling as much as he is now, right now. Because I do think mentally he's in a bad place. Yeah. But he just... When, when he talks, he he's very good at taking a lot of blame while also like exuding confidence. And I think that that, that is important as a face of the I franchise. Think that's a really interesting uh, observation. All right, one more thing before we get to the Bengals. And obviously, we're not going to go too nitty-gritty on the Bengals game, but but we will look at the matchups and, and preview it. But quickly, last thing, because... Also, we- I have a surprise game for you. With the, with oh, the, yeah. So, so get oh, your I phone ready. Surpri- oh, I love surprise games. The phone is yeah. ready. Last thing before we get to that, uh, Jim Schwartz taking a lot of heat this yes. week, and, and rightfully so. We ripped the D. We thought they did horrible in that game, but Schwartz took a lot of it on himself, which you know I appreciate. What do you think about the the heat Schwartz is getting? And obviously, for the the large group of people who never liked Jim Schwartz, which I don't get personally. You know, we both have been Jim Schwartz fans. Um, I'm surprised by that always, but there are a, a large group or at least a loud minority, if nothing else, of people who hate Jim Schwartz. Those people have certainly been reveling in it. But what do you think of of 
the heat on Schwartz right now and then how he handled it. So I'm going to say a statement and you tell me if it's true or false in your opinion. Mm -hmm. Jim Schwartz has done more to help the Eagles win since 2016 than Carson Wentz has. (sighs) Maybe. It's a a very interesting statement. I I think it's an arguable statement for sure. So I'm I'm not saying that to kind of like to to get at Carson. What I am saying is I think that sometimes it's lost how much Schwartz has done to help this Eagles team. Like he was really bad versus uh, last week against the Rams. He got out coached flat out. No denying it. He was one of, if not the top reason they lost that game. But I also think that like sometimes the Eagles defense will have a great game and it gets overshadowed by maybe the offense playing well or other things since, since uh, 2016, when, when Carson, when Carson got here and Doug got here and Schwartz got here, the Eagles have held their opponent to under 30 game, under 30 points. Oh, sorry. I'm going to say this again. The Eagles have held their opponent to under 20 points, 30 times. They're 28 and two in those games when the Eagles defense has given up over 21 points. So 21 or more, they're 11 and 20. Like, you can make an argument that this team really only wins when the defense plays well. They very, very rarely win when they have to win a shootout. They're 3-6 three and three and six when he gives up over 30 points. They're, like I said, 11-20 and 20 when it's over 21. Like, asking this team to win a game when, they, when your defense gives up more than 20 points should not be hard. They have, in theory, a top-five offensive head coach, like a franchise quarterback. They have an owner that prioritizes the offensive side of the ball. The Eagles are an offensive organization. That's what they believe in. But the results have not been there. Like this team really only wins when the defense plays well. They they don't win when the offense has to get the job done. And I think that's an important distinction to make when you get when people get really mad at Schwartz. Like you have to remember he's also one of the main reasons they win any games at all. Like, yes, they're when defense gets shredded, it looks bad. And I understand why it's like tough to watch. Like last year against Minnesota, this past Sunday against the Rams. But the majority of times, like Jim Schwartz defense plays pretty well, and they're why the Eagles win. Look, I, I I think Jim Schwartz has been the most consistent coach you know we've had in a long time. I, I think Jim Schwartz is an outstanding defense, not a good, outstanding NFL defensive coordinator. We are lucky to have him. We have lucky to have had him. I've never understood the Jim Schwartz hate. Yes, he can be stubborn sometimes. Yes, sometimes his third down defense is a little frustrating. Yes. Sometimes we want him to adjust more and blitz more. But on the whole, like if you're looking at it holistically and looking at the 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 sum rather than the parts, Jim Schwartz has done an amazing job for the Eagles, and that's just that. <laughs> that's just that. Yeah. So, well, I, what do you think of the numbers? What do you think of those numbers I told you? I think they're, they're pretty they're telling, incredible. right? I mean, yes. I was surprised. It's impressive stuff. You know, again, he has done a great job here. I, I, I don't know how else to put it. I, I have all the faith. And Jim Schwartz is defensive coordinator. And look, like we just talked about, but he came out and owned it. He's like, I sucked on Sunday. He's like, I got out coached. I got yeah. beat. Like, respect. You know, what else do you want from the guy? That's how I feel. Did a better job than Doug did at yeah, the podium. Like a lot I'll better. say that. We getting a lot better. And he's always been someone who speaks his mind. You know, we all remember the dumbass comment with Nigel Bradham and all that. He's very, very honest, it seems. Um, but I, I appreciated it. All right, Eagles Bengals preview in just a second. But as we always tell you, and as we'll continue to tell you, you have to download the Park Sportsbook app. We have had so much fun this season going back and forth, talking about these games and who to bet on, what to bet on, all this stuff. And it has been 
it's been a blast. It's easy to use. It's fun. Elliot, we've had a lot of fun with the lines doing our picks podcast every week. Uh, a few of the best ones out there. Elliot, I know that you're probably feeling pretty good about the Eagles this week. We're going to dive into that later. Of course, you can get Philadelphia football team a minus six favorite this week. Elliot, any jumping off the page to you when you look at the lines for this weekend? Any one line stick out to you as your favorite? Well, as you know, I love betting against the Jets. So <laughs> even, even at 10 and a half point underdogs, uh, you know, I think you can always count on Adam Gase to be an absolute disaster. Um, I would also say that Kansas City, you know, at Baltimore, probably the game of the weekend, but Three and a half points. I don't know. Like, that's a toss-up, but I think the Chiefs are pretty good, obviously. And, like, that to me, that just stuck out as a as a, a low line. So Yeah, game yeah, of the weekend. Maybe kinda... game of the year, right? I mean, Kansas City yeah, and Baltimore, that is a serious one. And that's the beautiful thing is you can bet on all of these games with Parks Casino. We love the home team, and that's why we have the home field advantage when it comes to betting. With our sports betting app of choice, Parks Casino Sportsbook are right here in the Delaware Valley, right here in Bucks County. That means that your action and your money are safe and secure on their easy-to-use Parks Casino Sports betting app. The only sportsbook app app by the number one casino in the whole state of Pennsylvania, the Parks Casino Sportsbook app. Bet with the best. Now, here's the deal. Sign up now, and you get a free bet, risk-free bet of up to $500. A risk-free bet of up to $500. Just download the app or go to parkscasino.com slash PA. That's P-A-R-X casino.com slash PA and use the promo code GOBIRDS. That's G-O-B-I-R-D-S to get your risk-free bet of up to $500. The website has all the details. Your risk-free bet is refunded on your loss as a free bet. You must be 21 and present in Pennsylvania. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. All right, Elliot, let's get to it. All right. I Eagles, mean, so. Bengals, baby. Yeah. Ugh, so much history. Man. Last time the Eagles played the Bengals, we thought it was Doug Peterson's swan song in his first year as a head coach. That's a good well, point. I, I forgot know, about that. I know. 32 to 14, I think, was the score. Got boat raced. The Zacherts, no block. Or, we all remember that. Um, that was the last time they played the Bengals, Elliot. So the timing's not great for this matchup. No, we can agree on that. No, 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 so. no, 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 no. Wow, I did not think about that. But the other timing is, and this has to do with the game, uh, I came up for this preview thing. Did you know that today is the 20-year anniversary of Remember the Titans coming out? I did not. Look at you. As a big movie buff, you should not be surprised that I did know that. So, (laughs) All-time great movie, obviously. One of my favorite sports movies of all all time. So here's what I did. Okay. So if you remember two weeks ago for uh, the – Season opener. Yes. We did. I came up with six songs from Hamilton, and you had to pick the song title that related to the matchup, Correct. right? Yes. I came up with six sports movies. Oh. Better. And I'm going to send them to you now. Oh, so six love titles. This. Love, love, love. And this. You, ha- you have to say which one you think bets best correlates to the matchup. So oh. for everyone listening, oh, 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 I love this. This is terrific. You guys can play along. H- here are the movies I came up with: Miracle, Any Given Sunday. Moneyball, Friday Night Lights, The Longest Yard, and When We Were Kings. Do you want to guess which of those I haven't seen, by the way? The Longest Yard. Or no, When I We saw, Were Kings. Well, I saw the one. With I Adam was going to say, I, was, I bet you saw the Adam Sandler one, which was trash. The original Longest Yard is an amazing movie. Uh, I'm guessing you've never seen When We Were Kings. 
I have not. I didn't know if you would know which one which one that is. Yes, I know when we were king. Great movie. Okay. All right. So so that's uh so those are the movies. We'll go through the matchups. I have okay. written down which one I think best correlates. So I we'll start it. we'll start with uh the Eagles offensive line versus the Bengals defensive line. Okay. So the Eagles offensive line it's always the hard the first one's always tough because I'm like trying to look at all the matchups and try and quickly. Yeah. Um, all right, so Eagles offensive line versus the Bengals defensive line. Um, let's go with, and then we're looking at the other matchups here as I'm stalling and trying to put this together quickly. So are <laughs> are these from the Eagles' perspective, not the Bengals' perspective? Yeah, from the, Eagle, from the okay. Eagles. I mean, okay. it's an overall theme, but I would say mostly from the Eagles' perspective. Okay, good. All right, then let's go with, uh, I'm going to say... This is Friday Night Lights. Ah, uh, that's not not the one. Sorry, oh, I didn't go with that one. Disaster. All right, so I went. I, went I, I with had no miracle. good reason for guessing Friday Night Lights. So lay it on me. Yeah. All right, I went with Miracle for this one, and the reason I went with that is because it feels like it's going to take a miracle for this offensive line to give to, to give them consistent play. Yet somehow they're doing it. Like last week, they were really good. You have another injury you're dealing with this week. I don't necessarily think you're going to need a miracle against this Bengals defensive That's line. That like, threw me off. That's why I was thinking, like, yeah. well, they don't need a miracle against them. This isn't the best defensive line. Right. They're really not. I mean, Carlos Dunlap. I guess is maybe their best one. DJ Reader, uh, Sam Hubbard. They have zero sacks combined in the first four wow. games and just one quarterback hit. So they've got basically no pressure on the opposing quarterback. I mean, we saw what Baker Mayfield did did to them, and Baker's not good at all. So we saw that Baker, you know, if you give if you give a quarterback a clean pocket, they should have a good day. I just think the miracle part I picked is like this offensive line. Again, another injury they're dealing with now with C- with uh, Sam Malo, and you're gonna have to potentially move Herbig over. So. The line to me, it's just like a miracle that they're playing well. And, uh, you know, I don't know if you're going to need a miracle against the Bengals, but again, another injury. So this is a matchup, though, I think really benefits the Eagles. And probably the first matchup, first time all year, they've had the advantage on both sides of the line. Oh, what a what a beautiful thing. We're we're back to the good old days, Elliot. Yeah. Dominating like in the trenches. Yes, yeah. yes. Which is funny because, and I, I agree with that, that is a good breakdown i was thinking a miracle like we're gonna need a miracle to do well against these guys flipping around the other way but i like the way you played it but that leads us to the next matchup in my thought now that you're talking about this the eagles defensive line versus the bengals o-line which we both agree is a a a massive advantage for the eagles defensive line because the bengals o-line is absolutely horrible like a really really bad one of the worst o-lines in football so i'm gonna go with when we were kings because we're gonna feel like the d-line were kings again for a day that's a good one, but that's not what I picked. Oh, so, I'm so excited about it. So for this one, I picked Moneyball because, look, they've invested so much money in this defensive line, right? Like Fletcher Cox, Malik Jackson. Now, maybe maybe Fletcher doesn't play on Sunday, but Fletcher Cox, Malik Jackson, Brandon Graham, Javon Hargrave. Like, they have given a lot of money to these guys to dominate matchups exactly like this. As you said, this Bengals offensive line is terrible. They really don't have a good offensive lineman. Jonah Williams gave up seven pressures so far this season. Bobby Hart, their other tackle, nine pressures and a sack. They're 26 overall in pass blocking, according to Pro Football Focus. There is not a single position on the offensive line where the Eagles' defensive line should not be able to dominate. This is the game where you earn all that money. Joe Burrow, rookie quarterback, like get him on the move. He is pretty mobile, I will say. But like get him on the move, rat him a little bit. Earn that money that you're being paid. 
Eagles defensive line, I did not think had a good game against the Rams and really weren't that special overall against Washington either. So this is a big-time matchup for them. This is where they prove they can still dominate, and that's why I picked Moneyball. Okay, I like it. I like it. Makes sense for you? It does. I think when we were Kings was pretty good too for that, but I like it. It's good work. Okay. All right, I'm doing a well, terrible well, you, job I'm guessing. It so seems far. like you like this matchup as well for the Eagles. I so. love it. That's why I said when we were Kings, they're going to be dominating like the good old days, back when they were Kings of the defensive line. You like that? There we go. I thought it was a very good go. little uh, way of spinning that in. We got some great uh, responses last time you did this of people like really breaking down. There was one you sent me where someone talking about the Skylar scissors had like a really in depth. It was amazing. It was amazing. Yeah. Like an in depth breakdown of why Doug Peterson with Skylar sisters or whatever. It was it was awesome. I was really impressed by that. So well, hopefully we get the same stuff for this. Yeah, because because I'm not doing a good job so far. So we're gonna. No, you're over two. You're doing okay. terrible. I feel pretty good about my guess on the next one. So let's find out. Eagles skill guys versus the Bengals back seven. I'm going to go with the longest yard because it feels like it's so hard to get a yard right now. Tell me I'm right, please. There you go, buddy. Yes! There you go. You got it. You we got did it. it. We did it. I'm so excited. <laughs> and that's it. And that's exactly why. I yes! think when you talk about this Eagle skill position, when you, when you look at the Bengals back seven, now I will say no Jalen Rager is obviously a blow. He's been their best wide receiver, I think, so far. Um, Deshaun Jackson's essentially a non-factor through two games. So that is a, a major blow. But when you look at the Cincinnati back seven, they're just not very good. Like Darius Phillips is not good at all. Mackenzie Alexander, uh, Alexander is okay. William Jackson is not very good. Their safeties are okay. Like their linebackers are not that great. I mean, they, they, they are susceptible to being beat. Like Miles Sanders should be able to win his matchup against the linebackers in the passing game when that happens. Uh, I would say even Greg Ward, Mackenzie Alexander, like that's a matchup I don't think is outrageous for the Eagles to want to win or to win. So I do think the Eagles, with the combination of a if Carson has time in the pocket, which I think we both believe he will, combined with not a great secondary for Cincinnati. Like they should be able to gain yards and also say for the longest yard, like go deep. Go deep. Now, not having Jalen Rager does hurt, but they had eight deep attempts against Washington, only two against Los Angeles. Like, if you're going to tell me about all this speed you have and, and this and that, you can't let a team completely take it away from you in the second game of the season. Like, how good were your offseason additions, really, if in week number two you're already being forced not to go deep? This is a Bengals team you should be able to go deep against. You should be able to get those long yards. So I think longest yard was a— I mean, I know it was the right one because you picked it. That's how I knew off the jump. Oh, it was a great one. I love when I get it right. So far, one for three. So not great. So the movies we have left, we have Any Given Sunday, When We Were Kings, and Friday Night Lights. And we have three matchups left. So I feel pretty confident about what I think two of the matchups should be. And we have the Eagles back seven versus the Bengals skill guys. So because I have my spin for what I think the last two are going to be, I'm going to go, and I don't know if it's right because my spin is a little weird, but I'm going to go with When We Were Kings for this one. Mm. Mostly, and I guess it's wrong, but I'm going to explain to you after why I had the other two movies for the next two. Okay, so it is wrong. It is It is wrong. I is did it not Friday go. Night Lights? Is that the other one? It's Any Given Sunday. Oh, and here's, oh here's wow. I, I am that. surprised. I was going to go Burrow Wentz. I'll explain why, but go ahead. All right, I, I think this is an interesting matchup, and I think the name Any Given Sunday applies to both. I do believe that the Eagles secondary 
has some skill. And I honestly even feel that about the linebackers. I'm bigger on Nate Gary than other people. I know I'm riding that to the to the death, and I'm probably not going to end up looking good with that. But I think that like Jalen Mills has has potential at safety. I think Darius Slay, we've seen what he can do. I think that in certain weeks, like this secondary can be very good. I also think that the Bengals' skill players on any given Sunday are kind of dangerous. Like, right. I really I like, like where you're Higgins. going here. Yeah, I, I kind of like T. Higgins going into the draft, as we know. I still believe in John Ross. Like He had, I think, seven touchdowns last year. Uh, A.J. Green's been a little hit or miss, but he's healthy and he's playing, right? Uh, and I'll say this. like If you look at a reason why the Eagles could lose this game, Giovanni Bernard and Joe Mixon are two very good pass-catching backs that could potentially cause problems for this team. What is good is they, they're uh, starting t- a tight end, C.J. Uzuma, I think is how you pronounce I think it. it. I think it was uh, uh, Uzoma. Uzoma, okay. Well, he's he's out. So they're, they're very thin at tight end. So the, the Bengals skill position players are not like at this point consistently great, but I do think they can cause problems. And when you combine that with the uncertainty of the Eagles secondary, I just don't really know who I think has an advantage here. And I think on any given Sunday, it could go either way. I don't really feel confident picking who, who, uh, who has the edge here. All right. I like that. I was going to use any given Sunday for Wentz and Burrow for the same reason that, you know, like, any of these guys could could show up. Look, Burrow looked better last week than Wentz did, and you know you would expect Wentz to be the better quarterback. But you know Burrow has shown that on a, on a Sunday he can be better already. Um, but I think that's an even better answer for it. So so good job there. I agree with you. Appreciate that. Yeah, no, it's good. It makes a lot of sense. Tyler Boyd's really good, uh, underrated receiver, and they've got talent there. All right, our last two, the the big time two: Wentz versus Burrow, Peterson versus Zach Taylor. Um, so as I already explained, I was thinking any given Sunday for Wentz versus Burrow, but if not, I'm assuming it's when we were Kings. Yes, it's yes. when we were Kings. And and the reason I picked that is because these are both players that have been at the top of their profession in a lot of ways, right? I mean, Joe Burrow was the best college quarterback last year. We all saw the picture of him smoking that cigar with the championship trophy. Like, And we were texting during the matchup against Cleveland. Like, I do believe Joe Burrow has that it factor. Like, You can tell... I believe he's going to be a winning quarterback. I think doing it in Cincinnati might be tough, but just watching him, I think he throws a watch great ball. Watch him get us he that ex- cover, Elliot. Yeah, watch him get that cover. That's exactly right. But <laughs> I think he, he he throws a great ball. He's accurate. It's so noticeable when he puts two hands on the ball when he moves in the pocket, especially after watching Carson. So I think Joe Burrow has a very high ceiling. And honestly, the same goes for Carson. Like We talked at the beginning of the pod about how I think a lot of this is mental with him right now. I think that this is a big bounce back week for Carson. This is a week where he can get things right. Carson in his career has never had three games in a row where his quarterback rating was or his pass rating was under 75. He's at two now. So I think that there's a a good shot that he has a bounce back week, especially for the reasons we've talked about with the, you know, the matchups with the line and all that. And I think that the Eagles second, the Bengals secondary is not very good. But I also just think this is a big like bounce back, get right game for Carson. And then we'll see how he goes from, here on out the actual accuracy issues are still there i think those are going to be harder to to bounce back from than just one week but i i think that this is this could be a good game for carson so i think when we were kings like a reminder of like joe burrow was a king carson for that one year in 2017 was i i think that that's the most appropriate title i i agree I, it makes all the sense in the world to me uh i think that's a very good answer like i said i was gonna go any given sunday but when we were kings is even better which means in reality, I'm getting these last two right just because I ran of options, but I really only got two right this whole time uh, because mm-hmm. I this whole time I was thinking, once we got Friday Night Lights wrong earlier, I was thinking Friday Night Lights for Peterson versus Taylor because Zach Taylor is a child 
who might be in <laughs> high school, much less coaching in the NFL. Was that the right deduction? <laughs> well, so that's very good reasoning. It's not why I picked Friday Night Lights, <laughs> but, but that is true. Let, let, let me say this off the jump. Doug Peterson has no business losing to a Zach Taylor. No. Head coach oh football my God, team. No. None. Like it's look, like I Coach think, Taylor from Friday Night Lights going up against some nobody. Yeah. I, I just think, you know, you could talk yourself into Ron Rivera being a better head coach than Doug. I don't believe he is, but you could talk yourself into it. Sean McVay, obviously after last week, I think that's a discussion that maybe people in Philly don't want to have yet, but like that's potentially discussion. Yeah. There is no excuse for Doug to lose to Zach Taylor. If Doug is still one of the elite head coaches in the league, he will win this game. Like, I don't care about the poor quarterback play, all that. Like, you should be able to overcome poor performances from your team this week and still win that game. And the other reason I think Friday Night Lights applies is Doug's got to, like, bring the fire back to his team this week. Like, we, you know, we all love Friday Night Lights, those famous, like, Coach Taylor speeches before the game at halftime, all that stuff. Like, rile your guys up, get them ready. This is a week where Doug has to win this game for them. He's the better head coach. He has to make sure his team's mentally prepared. He has to make sure they don't, like, you know, give up after starting 0-2. He has to have them come out with that fire. There won't be fans, so they have to do it themselves. Like, this is a huge Doug game, and uh, – so I'm, mean, you know, that Coach Taylor magic from Doug this week. I love it. I love that. Go. And I and I agree with you. Like when you look at all these, and and we both agree in the trenches, those are legitimate mismatches. Like even as banged up as Eagles' offensive line is, they're better than the Bengals' defensive line. Certainly, this Eagles' defensive line, even without Fletcher Cox, is significantly better than this Bengals' O line. But there is no matchup that we talked about today, no matchup on the field on Sunday that is close to as much of a a mismatch as Doug Peterson versus Zach Taylor. And if it doesn't play out that way, that's bad, man. I mean, that's bad on many levels, but it's bad from just that one perspective. Like that's If Doug loses to Zach Taylor at home 0-2 into 0-3, I mean, you have to put it, no matter how it plays out, and it could be gut-wrenching, it could be a blowout, whatever, it's one of the worst losses Doug Pearson has ever had if he loses on Sunday. It'll probably be his worst Yeah, worst it might loss, be his worst honestly. loss. It really might be, yeah. Now, let, let me ask you, speaking of Zach Taylor, as we all know, brother of Press Taylor, yes. who's yes. Carson's best friend, quarterback coach, uh, Yes. Any, any worry about that? Like, maybe Zach and Press talk, like, in the offseason, and no. I, I don't know. Like, and, you know and, Press, and Press like, just let something great, drop. Like, Oh, Carson, yeah. if you do this one thing, he's got no chance. <laughs> yeah, like, I don't know. I mean, it sounds crazy, but who knows? They're no, in the you're off right. Who knows? Drinking. Who knows? Like, I would not think so, but who knows? It is, uh, it's something. It is, uh, it is an interesting, something to, <laughs> something, something to consider. All right, E, it's time. And we'll, uh, we get some reviews in a sec and, uh, you know, finish up with our final thoughts and all that. But, um, it is time. It is that time, Elliot? Prediction. Prediction time, Elliot. It is prediction time. And the Eagles, a, uh, a currently, and we're obviously picking win-loss, but also we'll throw it in there, uh, Park Sportsbook Casino app. They are a, a six-point favorite right now at home. I believe it opened at six and a half. It's maybe gone down to six. They are a, a, a relatively solid favorite, you would say, at home on Sunday versus the Bengals. Elliot, what happens? Well... You know, only two teams this week are favored by more points than the Eagles are. So, obviously, the, you know, Parks Casino is still in on the Eagles. I have no business picking this team to win by as much as I'm going to pick them to win by. 
I think the Eagles win 27-17. I think the offense bounces back. I think this is uh, – Jim Schwartz is 5-1 and one in his career with the Eagles against rookie quarterbacks. Now, he's played bad rookie quarterbacks, but he's still 5-1. and one. Um, I think the Bengals are not going to be able to score on this defense. I think the defense does have a bounce back week. And I think the offense, like as bad as it's looked and as bad as Carson has played, they have been able to put together some drives. They just kind of shoot themselves in the foot at the end. I think that this feels like a week where at the end of it we're going – Okay, you know what? They're one and two, like blah, blah, blah. You slowly talk yourself back into it. This feels like a bounce back game to me. Picking the win by 10 points is crazy considering how bad they have played and how much we think that this is a bad season. I, I don't know if I would bet them to cover. I actually think in a lot of ways the Bengals plus six is the smarter move. But my prediction is Eagles 27, Bengals uh, 17. Yeah, Bengals plus six is absolutely the smart bet. And even though I agree with everything you said, rationale-wise, like this is a game the Eagles not only should win, but they should win without us sweating too much. Like They should blow out the Bengals at home, at 0-2, season realistically on the line, considering their schedule. Like This is a, a legitimately a must-win game. We talked about last week being a must-win game with their schedule coming up. This is absolutely, legitimately a must-win game for this team. You look at the numbers, the team that go 0-3 and their chances to make the playoffs, like they have to win this game against the Bengals at home. And I think they do, Elliot. But I can't lay six points. I just can't. And they should blow no. them out. But if I'm betting my money, and I'm not betting this game, but I, I have to bet on the Bengals. I have to. It is the smart bet. The Bengals are have played good football so far compared to what we expected. Joe Burrow's real. I think the Eagles yeah, I win. I think the Eagles win something like 28 to 24. Or something. I think I think that's what I said last week. Twenty-eight to twenty-three. It's going to be in that range. I think it'll be a close game. I think they win, but I just I don't see them blowing someone out right now. As much as I want them to, as they should, they should blow them out. And hopefully, we're talking on Sunday after the game about all right. Eagles handle business. Let's get back in this. They're one and two. Guess what? Dallas lost to Seattle. Everyone's one and two. Let's roll. You know. Um, but I just uh, I think it's going to be closer. I don't know how I could possibly think anything else right now. You know what I mean? Yeah. And, and I will say that, you know, like Schwartz has played six rookie quarterbacks uh, during his time as Eagles defensive coordinator. The only good rookie quarterback he faced, he lost to, which was Dak. I mean, he beat Great. Daniel Jones, Dwayne Haskins, Terrific. Luke Falk, Mitchell Trubisky, and C.J. Beathard. So it's not, you know, he has not played good rookie quarterbacks. Not a murderer's row of rookie quarterbacks. Yeah, yeah. But, look, the Eagles could lose this game. Like, they could definitely lose this game. I mean, the Eagles are not a good team right now. You're not going to have Jalen Rager. I think that's a big deal. I do think no Fletcher Cox also matters because Javon Hargrave was, like, a ghost against the Rams, and he's still bouncing back. So you really only have Malik Jackson at, the, at that point. So this is a game they could lose. I mean, the Bengals, for what it's worth, like, when you watch the Eagles – you come away thinking, man, that is just not a good team. When you watch the Bengals, you come away thinking that team plays hard and is like kind of better than you would think. Now, expectations play into that, but I don't know, man. Just I'm not ready to say this Eagles season is completely over, and I think they only they more so they need a win. They need like a performance of saying, okay, like maybe things aren't as bad. And just from just from like my gut tells me this is one of those games where the Eagles get people to talk themselves back into it. So that's why I'm picking to win by 10. But it, neither of us should go into this game thinking they have as much of a chance to lose to the Bengals as we do. 100%. 100%. Uh, all right. Uh, as we mentioned before, if we get to uh, 2,000 
five star views, and now we are at one thousand three hundred twelve. So we've gotten a fair amount since we last. Yeah, we had like thirty. That is week. awesome. You all rule. We can't tell you how much we appreciate it. Um, it helps people find the pod and all that. And again, you get to see us take the SATs, and and we could even maybe set up another bet. And we have we have all kinds of bets going that we need to work on. Yeah. But maybe we'll bet on that too, and have some sort of extra fun thing that comes out of it for you. But. We need 2,000 five-star reviews. We're going to go sit in a high school classroom and take the SATs like morons. So ridiculous. It's going to be great. Um, So shout-out to the views. Please leave us a review. Again, you don't have to leave five stars. It's just you don't get to move the needle towards the SAT unless you do. We're only asking for five stars, but if you want to leave us a a less than five-star review, it'll break our hearts, but we'll take them. You know, whatever you yeah. want to do. It's still, it really does hurt. Just yeah, leave the five star. Yeah, or just don't. You know, either don't, don't, we'd rather you Yeah, or didn't. don't leave a review. <laughs> yeah, just we'd don't rather you did Honestly. But again. If you're not going to leave five stars, don't yeah, leave a review. Yeah, five stars only. I think it's our general. <laughs> yeah. Uh, general. It's, 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 honestly, that's just keep it as real as I can. Do not leave a review. <laughs> I hate when I get a four star review. I'm like, all right, like, I get you have an issue. Address that in the comment section and just leave five stars. So. <laughs> yes. What Elliot How said. I All right, we got some good ones just to, to read a couple, just shout out people um, uh, sending them in. Doug P for president said, Elliot, just walk your dog. Yes. Yes. Yeah, I know. Just walk your dog, man. Kingsley's diet seems to be going well. Uh, we are going to take him on a walk today in a park where we like let him off his leash and he can run around. Um, we took him out on Saturday and he played with like other dogs. So we have been doing a better job. Good. So Kingsley's getting some more work. Yes. Good. Good. Uh, Fernie Byrne, a great point. If Elliott scores lower than James on the SATs, he should write an apology letter to Carson Wentz and post it on Twitter. Well, I will not be doing Maybe that. Maybe not so. the best the best week for that, right? I will not be right? lower on the SATs, or I will not be well, writing an apology one letter One of those two things is definitely happening, and I don't think you're writing <laughs> a, an apology letter. Uh, <laughs> uh, ADT230 says, must listen every time. Thank you for that. Uh, ESP, I defend you to all my friends touting that you are only, quote-unquote, slightly slanted against Carson. I don't think you're slanted at all. You're just real. It's okay. It's amazing how many people tell me that they defend me against their friends. Like, I I would say (laughs) I probably get two to three DMs a week of people saying that, and I I appreciate it. How often are you coming up in conversation, Elliot? Well, I mean, I'm the beat ready. (laughs) Connor Nod says Doug's lack of enthusiasm for coaching to Wentz's strengths combined with his enthusiasm towards Jalen Hurts pick is writing on the wall. He's shown he can win without Carson. If I had to get rid of Doug or Carson, I'm trading Carson. Mm. 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 Not sure what to say about that one. (laughs) Thanks for the review. For another episode. All right, you're going to. No, I, I, I think his read on it. I think Doug seems very frustrated with Carson. All right, you're going to have to read Sharp Slides because I'm embarrassed to read that myself. Yeah, you don't want to read it. I mean, look, he came through. He said what we all think, what we all think during the pod. He says he has a man crush on James Seltzer. And let's be honest here, can you blame him? So so thank you for finally saying what we're all thinking right there. (laughs) You are way too kind. (laughs) I will go ahead and read all the names of the other people because – it's one of my least favorite things to do each week because they're so hard to pronounce, but I feel like I owe it to them. So, and, that, and that's shout the out to point. If else. you do your five-star review, like you can come up with something ridiculous that Elliot Asri no read it. Oh, it's insane. So, okay, Frightmare 21, Go Birds guy, T-Dub 7, NRU Smack 14, Shane <laughs> B118, Cells, CW you Terry 25. Cells. Yeah. Cells, CW Dare. CW Terry 25, Mike B 1989. Mike underscore B underscore 1989. Get it right. Do you want to read them? No, I'm just having fun with you. Go ahead. 
<laughs> MJ Don N I N J five Stefan nineteen ninety four Papalicious David Degod Don McGeary Eagles one two two one Who on that beat Sean O from Philly Trap Music Ader and our good friend that seems to leave quite a bit of comments, Indiana Eagle. So shout out to, shout Don, out to everybody. Don McGeary is actually my friend. If it's the same Don McGeary, what up, Donnie? It's my dude. Love Do you think Donnie. he is a man We waited tables Felton. together in high school, me and Donnie McGeary. It was a blast. Or not so high school, a, excuse me, college. In college together. Great guy. So here's a funny story. So I was, uh, what well, we can end the pod on this one. So I was a uh, like a bus boy for a lot of years, like at a restaurant, right? And I was then at one point promoted at Waterworks restaurant to a water boy where I would serve the nice water, right? But at one point at the restaurant, I'm like chilling in the back of the restaurant. I'm on my phone. I definitely shouldn't be on my phone. The uh, boss comes up to me and goes, this is why you'll never be a waiter and walks away. And you know what? Oh, my God. They were right. I was never a waiter. Yeah, that's fair. I was a a bus boy my entire like restaurant career. So. Well, not all of us can be a waiter, James. Yeah. You had the nice subtle brag there about being a waiter. <laughs> yes, it's my uh, my most impressive accomplishment. I think everyone should wait tables. I honestly, truly believe that you learn more about people and interacting with people and understanding people waiting tables than in most jobs out there because you have to deal with all kinds of different people and potentially in annoyed or stressful situations or all this stuff and learning how to deal with them and interact with them. Um, I do think is a really valuable life experience. So. Uh, if you're, well, you know, looking for a job, I, I waiting agree. tables ain't too bad. I would agree. What I would say though, is one pet peeve of mine is when I'm at a wait, I'm at a restaurant, a waiter's taking my order and they don't write it down. Oh I'm yeah. Like, I always wrote it down. I hated that. It's like, just write it down. Like, I don't care if you have the best memory like, ever. Just what's the big deal. Just write it down just in case. Yeah. And also like, I don't know, like who are you impressing? Like I get that. Like I'm with you. I'm with you. you know, I, like, Elliot, pre- like, I, I preach my friend preach. I'm sure it's very difficult to it, it isn't i will say it's impressive if you do it correctly sure but it's not impressive enough to the point where i'm like leaving a tip and i'm like you know what they didn't write down my order totally I'm gonna give up the next totally you know, like, and next again it's like one of those things where it's like yeah it's impressive and all that and look maybe if you're awesome at it and 99 out of 100 times you don't mess up that one time is worth it to not do it like that's Agreed. it like one time one situation where you're the asshole who didn't write things down the whole table's thinking they're gonna they're gonna fuck my order up i know it I know it. They're going to screw it up. Specific, so. And look, obviously, even though I was never a waiter, I respect the profession. It is hard to do. Oh, it's, I, it's, I was never capable job, of man. doing it. Yeah. But uh, yeah, just it's a pet peeve. Just write it down. I, I agree. As a former waiter, I co-signed that. All right. Um, one go. last thing before we get out of here, a final thought. And, you know, Elliot and I have talked a lot about a lot of the issues going on in this country right now. And we've said that, you know, we're not going to be shy about talking about them when it's needed and um the news was just released that the killers of brianna taylor the police officers who barged into her home and murdered her um are not getting charged for that murder uh one of them the the actual one who did kill her is uh is being charged uh for a lesser crime uh that as a a one to five year sentence i believe maybe a max of seven i've seen some places but obviously, uh, woefully, woefully short of what these people should be charged with. Again, they murdered a woman in her house. A woman was murdered in her house. Sitting in, imagine you're at home in your house in your bed and cops barge in and shoot you. And that's what happened. And mm-hmm. no one is getting charged. Um, 
I don't know. I, I'm. It's just another one of these moments where I feel incredibly let down by the country I live in, by the systems in place, by the situation we're in. Um, you know, it's just. Uh, and I again, it's important to not only talk about these things, but to do things about it. To try and again, small steps, incremental steps, whatever we could do, because yet again, another example of how far away we are from where we need to be. This is is simply outrageous, Elliot. Yeah, I think you put it perfectly. I would also say to, I guess, tie it to sports. Um, you know, I remember a few years ago, maybe two years ago, when Malcolm Jenkins raised his fist during the anthem and people talked about it for so long. Like each week it was a story. What are they going to do? What's Malcolm going to do? Is he going to put his fist up? What are the other players going to do? Like what are the, what are, what are, what's going to happen? And in week one, the entire Eagles team stayed inside for the anthem. And it was a story, but it wasn't as big of a story as like it would have been two years ago. I think as we all watch sports and you see the players using their platform to raise uh, raise awareness of these things. I mean, you know, how many players both in the NBA, the NFL, all sports really have brought up like arrest the murderers of Breonna Taylor, right? I think that sometimes we raise, uh, we run a risk of becoming numb to it. And like you see the stuff on the court, you know, Black Lives Matter in NBA, you see the end zones that the NFL has messages. I would just encourage people, and I think that's why we decided to bring it up on the pod today. Like you can't just, you can't become numb to it. And, uh, you know, as you said, like do something about it. And it's just disappointing to see this news come out for sure. Yeah. It's, um, look, it's not surprising. Sadly, that's the country that we live in. Um, I'm not surprised that they did not charge her killers, uh, but I'm outraged by it. I'm upset by it. I'm hurt by it. And what I feel is nothing compared to what all the people who've had to go through these types of things feel, you know, and then and then on the heels of watching the George Floyd video and the Jacob Blake thing. And like, it's just again. And, and I think your point is is really strong and well taken in the sense that these athletes and, and other people are using their platforms to try and address these issues, to try and create change, to try and do things about this. And it keeps happening again and again and again. It keeps happening. And if we get numb to it, if we just, you know, allow it to happen and to pass by and just be a news cycle and, you know, and just wait for the next time something happens to get outraged or to do things, then then, of course, it's going to happen again. You know, and it, that's the country we're in, the systemic racism that we have in this country that we've had for for years and since our inception, our country is built on racism. Like, I mean, come on, let's be real about it. So, uh, you know, and I understand that those things are not going to get broken down in a day, in an hour, in, in a week, in a month. But we need to continue to fight against it and continue to take these small incremental steps like we talked about with the athletes the NBA, when they shut down the last time we talked about this, and them shutting down in the moment, you know, what, what kind of tangible results could it have? Well, it turns out that every NBA stadium or arena is going to be open as a polling place for voting. Yes. Like, yeah. there are tangible things that we can take out of it. And is it close to enough? No, it's nowhere in the realm of enough. But we have to keep trying to take these steps along the way and to fight against this. And not, a, like Elliot said, you can't be numb to it. This can't just be commonplace because it has been for far too long and it's enough um the last thing i'll say is i'll be interested to see what the eagles players say about it right mm -hmm. 
Rod- Rodney McLeod, uh, you know, all the players that have spoken up, Carson Wentz, right? I mean, I'll just be interested to see not only what the Eagles players say, but just around the league, obviously with games on Sunday, Sundays, players talking, NBA games happening, um, you know, MLB. I don't even know if the Stanley Cup is still happening, but, you know, maybe something there. Like, it'll just be interesting to see it how is. players react. It is, yes. <laughs> there we go. It'll be interesting to see how players react to this, uh, what happens. Um, yeah, it's just, I thought, you know, before the pod, we said should we bring it up and I, I think it's important too and we will see what happens next yeah look I it's um I think there's going to be unrest and I think there's going to be you know justified protests and and all this stuff because again yet again yet again it, it happens um where you know, these people in power are allowed to exercise that power and not have any repercussions from it any real tangible repercussions or the deserved repercussions and you know, that that's going to keep happening unless we all fight against it. So um, it's a real shame. It's a tragedy. And obviously, you know, your heart and all your soul and everything you have goes out to Brianna Taylor's family and, and the people close to her and the people who have to live with this. Um, it's it's tragic. It's so sad. And, um, you know, again, um, we just need to do everything we can to try and not allow it to continue. Um, all right. Uh, thank you to everyone who listened, who stayed through this and that listened to the end of this pod and, um, you know, are willing to, to we appreciate yeah, it. Yeah, really, really. Cause you know, if, if you have a pod, if you have any sort of platform, whatever, and you can't use it to talk about things that are important, then, you know, what's the point? So, uh, we really appreciate it. And, um, we appreciate you and honestly would not, could not do this without you, without the listeners, without the people contributing. And again, all the, uh, awesome reviews and all that. We, we greatly appreciate it from the bottom of our heart. All right. Uh, we will be back uh, Saturday, 1 to 3 on WIP. Just me. Elliot's bailing on me this week. I forgive him. Yeah, I know. I feel bad. His best friend's getting married. We're, you know, we'll accept yes. these things. I, I have to give a speech, too. I think so. that is as fair an excuse as, as ever. Uh, but check yeah. me out. I'll be doing Go Birds Radio on Saturday, 1 to 3. And then, of course, Elliot and I will be back Sunday with the postgame show, hopefully. Please, please, God willing, after, after <laughs> Eagles' victory. So until then, he's Elliot. I'm James. We'll see you later.